Wretched Radio begins in 3, 2, 1. We've had 35 resurrections of the dead. The closer they are to freshly dead, the easier they are to resurrect. So I see this giant angel and I asked him his name. It's a financial company and I realized this angel is here for our finances. And that's a true literal story, by the way. These people are charlatans. And it's about time we draw a line in the sand and stop fraternizing with the wolves. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Hey, welcome in. Welcome in to Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. Hey, I'm Jimmy Hicks in the studio. Yes, of course, when you hear my voice first, it's got to be Wednesday. Todd's out on the campus. This week, he's at uh, Kennesaw State University, trying to track down some students to chat with and also allow us to eavesdrop on those chats. And that's a good thing because listening in on these witnessing encounters has probably, and I'm not saying this just because I work here, this is absolutely 100% true because, of course, obviously I listened before I worked here. And Witness Wednesday has probably been the one tool that has helped me grow in my evangelism more than anything else other than actually doing it myself. And so let's get another week kicked off by sending it out to Todd now on the campus of Kennesaw State University. This is Cameron, but his friends call him CJ, right, CJ? Yes, sir. sir. Absolutely. And you are studying? Uh, Computer science. And as a computer scientist, how frightening is AI? Uh, it's not very frightening to me. Why? Because I'm very confident in my abilities, so. But do you think it's going to take over the world? In my opinion, yes, because I, I feel like AI has been around longer than we think. Right. So I think the plans are for it to, you know, control everything and get rid of humans, per se. Well, why would humans want to create something that's going to get rid of us? Uh, You know, because we're lazy, so. I won't argue with you on that. What is it? Okay, there's, uh, what is it called? There's a word to describe, like when a computer ultimately has, like a, it's a synthesis between humans and computer. Have you heard that word? Uh, synthesis, yes. Yes. No, but did, like, it's like so that human beings can be eternal and know everything. No, actually, that's that's like a new concept to me. Do you, could you explain that? Yeah, not really well, clearly. But I've I've just because the AI thing, a lot of people are like getting the heebie-jeebies about that. It doesn't scare me that much. Yeah, exactly. It's like if you told somebody like forty years ago, mm-hmm. this thing would have been like, "Oh, that's scary." Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You don't. If, okay. If you don't want to do AI, don't do AI. It's, it might affect your job, yeah, exactly. but it's not going to be my master. Yeah. Exactly. It's your choice. Yeah. Besides. People have to program it. So that still indicates we're above artificial intelligence. Absolutely, absolutely, because it's supposed to adapt to the things that we do. All right. I'm going to try an experiment with you regarding computers and AI. So my first question for you is, do you believe that a God exists? Uh, Absolutely. Who do you think that God is? Uh, I just call him the most high. You know, the person who created me, the person who put my heart in my body. Okay. person who, you know, allowed me to wake up this morning. So. Okay. All right. So I don't have to persuade you that God exists. All right. Tell me, tell me, where can I find this God? How can I know this God? Um, me? I start by closing my eyes and talking to him. So that's the number one way I can connect with him. But how do you know anything about this God? Um, I feel like that that's not really something for us to exactly know everything about. So. You know, do you belong to any religious system? Uh, no, I'm not religious. Uh, do you 
Are you Christian, Muslim, Buddhist, Hindu? You know, I believe in Jesus Christ, so I guess you could classify me as Christian. So, well, uh, Yeah, I think that's what makes somebody a Christian, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay so is Jesus Christ God? My belief is yes, that he is um, in human form. Right, so wouldn't you say the Bible is how you know God? Uh, yeah, absolutely. All right, so CJ, because we're friends, I don't call you Cameron, you're CJ. CJ, I've been observing you. You appear to have your act together. You're the only fellow on campus wearing a tie, and I appreciate that. So I've heard that you're a Christian, so I am giving you carte blanche, full permission to say anything you want to me. I promise not to get angry or offended. Persuade me to become a Christian like you. Um, my persuasion is, you know, just believe in what you believe in, and eventually you'll come to what you feel best in your heart. Oh, um, that doesn't sound very certain. So I can believe in whatever I want to? Yep. Let me challenge that, all right? What is what is that over there? Is that power drink of some? Okay, I you know what? That's my God right there. That's my power aid right there. I believe in it, and that means I'm going to spend forever in eternity inside of that bottle because that's my God. Do you think I'm wrong? Me personally, I feel like that's not between me and you. To that's not my place for me to you know try to convince you to believe in something that you don't want to believe in. Well, I'm asking. I'm I'm giving you permission to do it. But my question is, do you think I'm wrong for believing in that as God? Um, I feel like that's subjective because my opinion is just my opinion, you know? CJ, let me see if I can figure out your brain a little bit, right? I suspect you're postmodern. Do you know what that word is? No. Postmodernism, it's a philosophical descriptor of people in this era. There was a pre-modern era, there was a modern era, and now we're in the post-modern era. So the pre-modern era, we'll say, is from the time of Jesus Christ, zero, if you will, to about 1400, when the Renaissance kicked in, the age of reason and logic, and that became the modern era. So the pre-modern era was, God exists, that's what the Bible or the church says, debate over. But then the modern era said, no, maybe God doesn't exist, and maybe the Bible doesn't have the answers. We're going to figure this out. So they approached life through the scientific method. Some became romanticists through emotions. But then World Wars One and Two took place, and we got the feeling that maybe man doesn't have a very good handle on reality. We're killing each other. So a philosophy called postmodernism came into, into favor. It came really out of France, also in Germany, but it, it's the worldview that says truth can't be known and truth can be determined by the individual. So your truth is your truth, my truth is my truth, and neither one is objectively true, it's just subjectively true. And so we can disagree, but still have differing truths, and we can both be right. Yeah. yeah that's postmodernism. Yeah, I, I guess, yeah. So that sounds like you would fit into that camp. Absolutely. I'm going to try to persuade you to become a pre-modern. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. I would posit to you that what I believe, what I feel, what I think, what I hope, ultimately is irrelevant. 
because it's not about the intensity of my belief. It is about the object of my faith. Because I think you and I agree that's not God. It's a bottle and I'm not going to live in there for forever, right? So, But I could be like, oh, I really believe it. And it's not going to make it so. So belief doesn't make it so. It's really about the object of our belief. That is what determines what is true and what isn't. Not how I feel about it. What do you think about that? Um, As far as like, our belief doesn't mean anything is is that well i mean it's not that it's insignificant but my belief does not make reality i either believe in reality or i'm out of step with reality 100 percent, because there's there's definitely a truth there's definitely a truth but you know like you said it's either in reality or out of reality now i suspect one of the reasons that you don't want to be judgmental is because you don't want to be intolerant and i think that's a good thing But I would say to you that the only way you can actually tolerate somebody is if you do have a difference of opinion. So I would then suggest, CJ, that it's not bad for me to say I think you're wrong as long as I don't punch you in the nose. It's it's not bad at all. Yeah, I think think you're wrong. You think I'm wrong, but we can still get along. Okay. So what would be so bad as a Christian about saying those other religions are wrong? Nothing would be per se bad as long as we're not fighting over it. So now, would you be willing to say, dude, your belief in Powerade is wrong? Uh, no, that's just my principle. What happened? <laughs> you just did a U-turn on me. That's just my principles. I mean, I understand exactly where you're coming from. I'm not going to be offended by you. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't want to offend you. All right. All right, let me, let me just press a little bit more. Can you put up with me a little bit longer? Ooh, I'm solid, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> You believe in Jesus Christ because you're a Christian. Absolutely. Did he actually live and walk on this planet? Yes. Did he actually get beaten to a pulp and hung on a cross and die? I believe he did. No. Did he? Yes. Did he rise from the dead? Yes. Did he say, I, Jesus Christ, am the way, the truth, the life? Nobody comes to the Father but through me. Did he actually say that? Yes. So if that is true, that would mean every other religion is wrong. Yeah, if you look at it that way, yeah. And it's okay, because, I mean, it's, you could say to somebody of a different faith, I disagree with you, yeah. without hating them or being cruel to them or demeaning them. Yeah. You just think they're wrong. Yeah. Okay, so you believe that Jesus Christ was an actual person who actually walked the planet, died and rose again, and that he said, I am the way, the truth, the life, right? Yes. So wouldn't that mean that anybody who is... Okay, all right, hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry to interrupt. Sorry to interrupt. Actually, I'm not going to interrupt. They don't even know I'm talking. The tape continues to roll. We'll be back in three minutes and jump right back in to listening to Todd and CJ talk about whether Powerade is a suitable deity to follow. Hang tight. Don't go anywhere. This is Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. Some good news. Two encouragements from the Tomorrow Clubs. They have hundreds of weekly kids meeting clubs in Eastern Europe, but now they've expanded to Africa and the kids are swarming the Tomorrow Clubs. They have never seen greater attendance than the hundreds of new clubs that they are opening up in Africa. That should encourage all of us. The gospel is going forth and 
reaching kids in unreached places. Encouragement number two, would you like to become a Tomorrow Club's ministry partner? Your support will help the Tomorrow Clubs open up even more Tomorrow Clubs and reach even more kids with the gospel. Please consider becoming a ministry partner at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Question, are you tired of the same old boring TV shows? Well, there is something that's not like anything else on Christian TV. It's transformed and it's back for season number two. You get to be a fly on the wall as you witness real biblical counseling sessions tackling issues like depression, anxiety, OCD, and others. These are real people with real issues being offered real solutions by our hosts, Dr. Greg Gifford and Dale Johnson. So if you're looking for something different, you know, a show that glorifies God and demonstrates the sufficiency of His Word, then Transform is for you. It's a -a one-of-a-kind production that provides the hope and relief that only the Bible can give. The world is full of hurting people, even Christians, and many are completely unaware of biblical counseling and the answers it can provide. So join us for Transform Season 2, the show that will transform your walk with Christ and leave a profound and lasting impact on your life. Get your hands on it now and also consider grabbing the Sunday School curriculum for your church. You can find it at transform.org or the Wretched Store at wretched.org. Busy, busy, busy. Last year, Preborn Ministries provided over 92,000 ultrasounds. 54,000 babies were saved. 69 ultrasound machines were placed. 10,000 people responded to the gospel. Preborn Ministries, very busy, saving babies, saving souls. Would you please consider partnering with Preborn Ministries? $28 per ultrasound, five ultrasounds, $140. Yes, they are expensive, but they save lives. And Preborn Ministries uses good equipment with trained specialists, which is why the success rates are so staggeringly high at saving lives with preborn. Please consider supporting preborn at preborn.org slash wretched, preborn.org slash wretched. Important dates in Christian history. 1962. Second Vatican Council begins, the most significant council since Trent. It will promote new attitudes and practices in Catholicism as Rome seeks to address the modern age. After Vatican II, priests perform the Mass in the local language whilst facing the congregation. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. All right, all right. Welcome back to Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. I told you, only three minutes. That's all it took. And now we are going to send it right back out to the campus where Todd and CJ have been talking. Well, they've actually been talking about quite a lot. First of all, I'm not the judge of anybody. So for me to say that he doesn't have eternal life because he doesn't believe in what I believe in, that's not how I roll. So. No, I, I understand that. But if your belief is that, your confession of faith is that Jesus Christ is the only true and living God, well, that would just automatically mean that everybody else is wrong. Everyone can be saved, though. Not arguing with that. Right. What does that mean to be saved? What it means to be saved is through the truth. If you end up believing in the truth, you can be saved. Whether if I believe today that this bottle is my God and tonight I confess that Jesus Christ 
is the way, then I can be saved. Saved from what? Saved for eternal life. Okay, but if I'm not saved, then what happens to me? Either eternal life, you get eternal life, or you don't get eternal life. Like eternal damnation? Uh, yes, sadly. All right, so this word saved, I want to... I want to try to understand this better and dig in a little bit. When you say that I'm saved, so are you saying I'm saved from hell? I'm saved from the devil? I'm saved from whom? Uh, definitely hell. Would it be fair to say, in your opinion, based on what you believe, that I'm actually saved from God? Mm, from what? If, if, you, if you would. Well, Christianity teaches that one day everybody's going to die and stand in God's courtroom to give an account of their lives. And he knows everything, so he's going to open up the books. And if he finds people guilty, he will be the one who sends them to the place that he has prepared for the devil and all of his angels and everybody who rebels against God. So he's the one who sends people to hell, and therefore he's the one that we need to be saved from. Would you agree? Mm, no. So how does somebody get to hell? By God sending them there. So we do need to be saved from God. No. Help me out. Just explain, because it sounds like you're saying opposite things. So help me out. Why would we need to be saved from God? Because he's the one who's going to send people to hell. And he's the one who keeps the flames burning. And he's the one who is actually punishing those sinners for their crimes against him. So you're saying by going to hell, we're being saved from God? Is that what you're saying? Uh, saved from the wrath of God. By going to hell? Let me explain it, because your questioning is right here. All right. God must punish sinners, okay, because he's just, and he's not going to let criminals off the hook. He's not going to let bad guys get away with anything. And that means me and that means you. And he's the judge and he's the one who determines innocence or guilt. And he's the one who determines what we receive for eternity. The Bible says the wages, the payment for sin is death. And so our biggest problem as we sit here on this bench is God. Because he's going to be the one who holds us to an account, and he's going to be the one who punishes sinners for law-breaking. It's the wrath of God that we need to be saved from, and the one who saves us from the wrath of God is God himself. God sent his son to take the wrath that you should get, that I should get, and he took it upon himself so that you and I don't have to receive the wrath of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we need to be saved from the wrath of God. That's what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because we don't want that. Yeah, we don't want that. But here's this is really the big question, all right? Because your understanding of Christianity is you understand that there's a forgiveness that Jesus Christ died on the cross for sinners, rose from the grave. But how does one get brought into that grace, that mercy, that forgiveness? How does one get brought into that right relationship with God so that they don't have to receive his wrath? In other words, what must I do to be saved from the wrath that is to come? That's a good question. That's something I'm still trying to work out every day. Absolutely. Because I, I don't know specifically what I need to do. But so I just try, like I said, praying every day. 
let me just drop something on you that might just be the best thing you've heard ever. Okay? This is what Jesus said. Unless a man is born again, he will not see the kingdom of God. All right? So, okay, you've heard. Good. So you want to see the kingdom of God. That means you must be born again. So we better figure out what it means to be born again or we're in big trouble. Fair enough? Yeah. All right. So try to re- try to figure out based on the words born again. What does that mean? Uh, born again means born again to your faith and living the way that he wants us to live. Okay. Could you be a little more specific for me? Mm. I don't know if I can get more specific than that. Yeah. Well, to be born again, it clearly doesn't mean we go back into our mother's womb. That's ridiculous. So it's not a physical birth. It's a spiritual birth. right? And to be born again means that we need to die or recognize that we're already dead men walking. What he was getting at is a man must come to the place where he realizes, you know what? I have not been obedient to God. I've broken his laws. And if he gives me what I deserve, I am in big trouble and I die to self and my desires and I turn and I put my faith in Jesus Christ. And I believe that he died for me while I was yet sinning. He lived the perfect life. I couldn't. And I'm going to cling to him and I'm going to put him on like I put on a parachute to save me from a plane crash. I die to self. I put my faith in Jesus Christ, and I'm born again. And that means that we're brought into a right relationship, not based on any good works that we do, not based on any good works you do after, but based on the work of Jesus Christ, so that you can be forgiven by God by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. So if you want to be born again, then CJ, you need to agree with God. I'm not good. I'm bad. Thoughts have been bad. Sexual thoughts, maybe thoughts of superiority over other people, unjustly angry at folks. I've done things. My feet have taken me to places I shouldn't have gone. I've used my mouth poorly. I dishonor my parents. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. And he promises, if you humble yourself and trust his son, you're forgiven. Past sins, present sins, future sins. Totally for so you give Jesus your rap sheet. He's going to give you his resume so that God will look at you as if you are his son, because he looked at his son as if he's you. Jesus was punished on the behalf of sinners because God is rich in mercy and he's good and he's loving and he desires to save sinners. So, CJ. If you want to be in a right relationship with God and actually know this God, the Bible's clear. Repent, turn from your sins, you don't become perfect, and you put your faith wholly in Jesus Christ, rejecting all other systems, and believe in him as the way, the truth, the life, and you're adopted into God's family. It's done, and you can't get yourself unadopted, and he will never look at you and be angry at you again. He will only see you with the same love that he has for his son. That is good news. So you want to be in a right relationship with God? He says, humble yourself, put your faith in his son, and you're in his family. So my question for you, CJ, have you been born again? Yes. When? Um, recently. Tell me about it. I'd love to hear. Uh, recently, after 
you know, I got into a few situations and uh, turned to God. Why? Because I know that he's the only person that can save me. And I've always been mature in my faith, so. Yeah, sometimes when we get in trouble, we find ourselves at the end of our rope and we turn to God to rescue us. But the thing we need rescuing from is from him, from his wrath. So you called on him when you were in trouble, but did you call on him because you're terrified of facing him on judgment day and you wanted to receive his terms of peace? Absolutely. So you're born again. I am, 100%. Just to challenge you then, CJ, Jesus made it clear. He really is the only true and living God. And we should be able to say those other systems Look, they're nice people. We don't hate those people. But we should go and tell those people because, according to Jesus, they're wrong. And then we desire to take the good news and bring it to them so that they can be brought into the family of God, too. So, the Bible says this, that it is good to examine yourself to take a test about you to see if you're in the faith. Okay. So that means on occasion, we should really ask the question, am I growing in holiness? Am I hating the things I used to love? Am I loving the things that I used to hate? Am I growing in my conformity to God's will? Do I love God more today than I did a week ago? We examine ourselves. So my challenge to you would be, make sure you do that. Okay, make your calling and election sure by going, all right, have I really humbled myself and put my faith in Jesus? Would you take that test sometime today? Absolutely. All right. Well, we have got much more Witness Wednesday still to come. We are nowhere near finished yet. Hang tight back in three minutes with more from Todd at Kennesaw State University. It's a Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. It's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. First, we go to Seattle, where Seattle's public transit is, well, you judge for yourself. The University of Washington has just released a study that reveals that 100% of air samples that have been taken aboard Seattle buses and trains contain traces of methamphetamine. That's right. Walter White seems to be in Seattle these days. And if that's not enough to sober you up, fentanyl was also detected in about 25% of air samples and almost half of surface samples. Transit agencies focus their studies on specific lines following reports of drug use by operators. No formal testing has been done on either the operators or passengers for secondhand drug exposure, though that seems like that's something that probably should be done pretty soon. And now we switch gears to Elon Musk's ex-corporation, who has just slapped California, the state of California, that is, with a lawsuit over a new law which requires social media platforms to put all of their content moderation cards on the table, so to speak. California legislators are saying, hey, relax, don't get all up in arms. We're just trying to promote transparency. But X Corp and other litigants who have also slapped California with lawsuits like Babylon B say it's just censorship and tuxedo. The law is set to take effect next year and allegedly will force companies to adopt politically charged terms. So in essence, it's not so much about preventing misinformation and hate speech, though that's what they say. Sounds like it's more like a law that tells you what kind of speech is actually in this season. That's going to be a problem. 
Also in California, which is just the land of endless legislation, they seem to be also be contemplating Bill AB 957, which required judges to factor in a parent's affirmation of their child's gender identity in custody battles. So if you're in a custody fight in a divorce, then the judge now has to look at which parent, if either, affirms their child's gender identity if the child is having gender confusion issues. And lastly, to the state of Mississippi, where a federal appeals court has declared that the state's permanent voting ban for certain felons violates the Eighth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. The Southern Poverty Law Center, back in 2018, initiated this lawsuit, saying that the ruling states that the ban serves no legitimate purpose and is essentially a cruel and unusual punishment. Mississippi is asking for a rehearing of the case, so what's going to happen, I, I don't really know, but basically arsonists and thieves and bank robbers and, and even some murderers should eventually be allowed to vote again upon release from prison, is what is being argued. And that's been today's Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible the gospel is present throughout all of Scripture, beginning with the book of Genesis. Immediately after the fall, God promises a Messiah who will crush the head of the serpent. Even in the Garden of Eden, God was preparing the means of our salvation through Jesus Christ. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. All right, well, welcome back in to more Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks in the studio. Todd has been out on the campus of Kennesaw State University this week, and I know you've been sitting on the edge of your seat waiting for us to come back to see who Todd's going to be talking to now. That's what we're going to do. Today's words are memento mori, right, Caden? Yeah, memento mori. What does that mean? Remember death. That's what you got tattooed on your arm. Yeah. And you have that there because uh, I want to live life to the fullest. Uh, it's it means like remember death is always coming, so don't take any day for granted. I'm going to make a prediction. He's a romantic. I think you're a romantic. I mean, I have a girlfriend of four years. That is not the type of romanticism I'm thinking of. Uh, what's the type of romanticism that you're thinking of? <laughs> I'm thinking of the the philosophical period known as Romanticism. Did you ever study, like... Uh-oh, what's that about? It's the Da Vinci sketch. Look, look at that. Yeah. All right. I mean... Right. Well, he would... Da Vinci, da, da Vinci would have predated a Romantic. And I don't know that Da Vinci himself would have been a Romantic yeah. or an empiricist. It was the age of reason that Da Vinci yeah. was a part of. It followed what we call the pre-modern era the pre-modern era basically western civilization god exists the church says it the bible yeah. says it the end well along came the renaissance age of reason scholasticism all of those things started to flourish and we decided no god human beings have the solution and we can deal with this life logically scientifically empirically and reasonably a group of philosophers came along and said well, what about my feelings? What about my emotions? And so that gave birth to the Romantics. So maybe you remember some of the Romantic poets, Percy, Percy Shelley, Byron, Keats. They were the Romantics. And it was a, was a philosophy that basically said, what is inside of you, Caden, that's the real you. And you need to express that. 
And culture is trying to keep you from being your authentic self, living life to the max. In particular, it's the church and Christianity that's putting a lid on top of your fun. So the romantics believe free expression, especially if it went countercultural. So live life to the full. I want to live the way that I see fit. It's kind of a romantic philosophy. Would you agree? Yeah, I would agree. Um, have you ever heard of, have you ever read, uh, The Republic, uh, like by Plato, Plato's The Republic? Not The Republic, sorry. I'm trying to think of what I did read, uh, Virgil's Aeneid, um, Homer's Odyssey, um, but I didn't read The Republic. It's, it's kind of, it's interesting like that because they're arguing for like perfect society that everybody has their set role. Um, like they're, he's trying to argue like what each person should be doing and how to make like the most streamlined system but like their counter argument is like it'll never work because everyone wants to do what they want to do but he was also a dualist do you know what that word means i don't dualist is somebody who believes that reality truth the physical realm that's that's one space the other space would be moral or religious if you will then it they they don't intersect so you're dualistic when you think, I live here but believe there, right. as if their belief has no basis in reality. That's Greek philosophical dualism, and Plato was really the architect of that concept, which made its way all throughout Western civilization, especially in the Renaissance period when we saw a resurgence of Platonism. It was called Neoplatonism. All right, so you're a romantic. You believe that you should just live life. To the, now, what if what if the society says, no, Caden, you can't do that? I'm, I'm not saying abandon, you know, your job or abandon what you're doing, because, I mean, we have to make money to live. You don't want to be like, I'm talking morality here. <sighs> morality is interesting because, I mean, depending on what culture and what, what area you're a part of, it can it can define what your morals are. So, like. In the Western world, we have different morals than, we, than like, you know, you would in uh, East Asia and, uh, you know, Africa. What type of morals are you thinking about? I'm thinking of, like, how each person chooses to live their life and how, how society has you tried to live your life. Like, everyone's going to have their goals, but, I mean, society's also going to, like, try to put their... Stamp on you. Right, right. Which the romantics didn't like. I agree, yeah. yeah. But morality is something that we can agree on objectively. So, for instance, you and I would both agree, I can't run around here with a club and beat people over the head with it, right? right. Mm -hmm. Just met you. We agree on those morals. There right. are some things that we just recognize. Hurting a child, that's bad. Poking somebody in the eye with a stick, you don't do those types of things. So I think we've got an agreed upon morality. Here's an interesting thought for you, for a man who wants to travel to 196 Countries? Give or take, you know, depends on the Wants day. to hit every country. Okay. Yeah. Every country that you visit, they're going to basically have about the same set of morals. Lying is not good. Stealing is bad. Right. We don't hurt one another. Where do you suppose that universal sense of morality came from? Uh, if we're thinking about the sense of... Ooh. That's a good question, because... Anarchy, you're going to talk about government, and government institutes laws, but not like government as we think of it was like the Harabi Code was like the first 
uh, set of laws, eye for an eye, that type of um, idea. So I think morality in general stems from that because people would steal. People would do those things. There's people out there that would do it, even though some agree that it wouldn't happen. So I feel like morality in general comes from the laws, from like what you've learned. Like the people who raise you, that's where your, your idea of morality comes from. Every society kind of figured it out and we all just adopted that. Correct. And it could have moved around the world. I mean, you know, with colonization and such. I mean, let me let me give you a different take. All right. I'm going to come at it from a theistic standpoint. It seems to me if that every single human being who is made by God has the same basic sense of right and wrong. It's because it's baked into our DNA. We have a little thing in our brain called the conscience. Right. And we all agree there are just certain things that are wrong. And I think the reason that we have that shared agreement about morality is because we are all made by the same creator who has and is the standard of morality. Because, for instance, you might find this interesting. If there is not somebody who has written the laws and can enforce the laws, then there's nothing wrong with stealing or murdering or raping or pillaging. There's got to be somebody who is the objective moral law giver. Otherwise, we don't have morals. We just have preferences. What do you say? Um, well, pillaging and such, you know, you know, you say that, you know, God, or if, if that's what I'm taking from it, is that God says this is bad. If, if depends on what God you're looking at. I mean, if you're looking at, uh, like, the Vikings, they thought pillaging would send them to Valhalla. So, I mean, there's... Do you think they were right? Who knows? I mean... Pillaging I, is going to get you to paradise? I haven't died. But you know pillaging isn't a rewardable act? To me, it's not. So, uh, okay, but, okay, so it's, that's your... So pillaging just isn't your preference? I'm, <laughs> I'm saying that, like... Where are you at with beating up small children? Preference or objectively wrong all times, all places? I, I believe it is objectively wrong, but that doesn't mean that other people believe it's objectively wrong. Oh, they can disagree. Right. But, uh, but if it's objectively wrong, it is because there is somebody who objectively sets that standard. Without it, then we should just be evolutionary beasts. And if kids are an inconvenience or they really bother me when I'm at Starbucks, then I can kill them. Because that's what evolution does. We just survive. We do what we want to do. Survival of the fittest. But you and I know that's not the right way to live, is it? Wasn't the first couple pages in the Bible, I can't remember, uh, I read it a while ago. Um, a son was killed. I believe he didn't provide a good enough gift, and so he was killed. I can't, I can't pull exact names. You're in Genesis 4. Adam and Eve's children, Cain and Abel, right? Yes. One made a sacrifice of an animal. The other made a sacrifice of the fruits of the land. Yes. God was pleased with the animal sacrifice because that fellow had faith. The other fellow didn't. And so he killed his brother who was pleasing to God because that's what people do. Right. So you could argue that, you know, that him killing him is bad, right? But... You know. Yeah, well, it was. It was murder. Right. right. All right, I got to do this. I yeah, just got to do yeah. this. All right, it's a dad joke, but just please humor me. All right, so Cain killed Abel. When he committed murder, do you know what Adam and Eve did? I know. They raised Cain. 
All right, hang tight. We'll be back in three minutes with more on the campus of Kennesaw State University. Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. how you're feeling at the thought of switching from traditional health insurance to MediShare, which is affordable biblical health sharing. That's a big decision and it can be kind of scary, which is why Mrs. Freel and I researched MediShare and determined, yeah, we can trust this ministry. Christians paying for the health needs of other Christians. It's a magnificent ministry. 98% member satisfaction rate. It's amazing. The average family saves $500 per month. If that sounds intriguing, and I hope it does, please do your research. Visit metashare.com slash wretched, metashare.com slash wretched, or call them and talk to a really nice person at 84434-BIBLE, 84434-BIBLE, 84434-BIBLE. Hey, thanks for joining us here on Wretched Radio today. Now, look, I know you love our resources and all of the good stuff we have at wretched.org. I do too. But let me ask you another question. Have you considered becoming an ongoing monthly Wretched Gospel partner? Because when you do that, you can help us reach millions all over the world with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And hey, look, it's tax deductible. You can't beat that. It's like those combos. You remember those combos, those pizza pretzel things? Uh, Yeah, I'm probably the only one. But anyway, here's one promise that I can make to you. You never have to worry about the money you donate to Wretched because look, we're not just making quality productions around here. We're also stewarding God's money as if eternity depended on it. And we do it all with a very high view of scripture. We don't mess around with any of that unbiblical stuff around here. So join us, become a Wretched Gospel partner and help us to reach millions of people all over the world with the gospel. Just visit wretched.org slash donate. Wretched, amazing grace, amazing gospel. So, you're not convinced of the importance of training men to rightly divide the word of truth and fill pulpits internationally? Fine. Then we'll let Paul Washer convince you. It is so important, not just important, it's absolutely essential to have a trained expositor of the scripture in every church. When we read through the book of Acts, we can see that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ, advances as the word of God advances. Would you please consider joining the Master's Academy International in filling empty pulpits with men who can exposit the scriptures and advance the kingdom of God It's a magnificent ministry with a generational impact. Please learn more about supporting TMAI at wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor for the Master's Academy International. We're living in a world that's gone absolutely bonkers. So much so that six mads just aren't enough to describe it. But we have the dynamic duo of Todd Friel and Dr. Nathan Booznitz with Wretched Worldview 2, tackling 22 of those pesky, thorny, contemporary issues. Head on over to wretched.org, grab your copy. While you're there, snag that study guide too, because it's the perfect companion for navigating this mad, 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 mad world with wisdom and grace. Titles of Christ In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teaches us about who He is and what He has done. 
Jesus is called the wisdom of God. The wisdom of man says we can earn God's favor through good works, but the wisdom of God is made known in Jesus Christ. God in human flesh, put to death on the cross to grant us forgiveness we cannot earn. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And we are back. It's a Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks in the studio, and we are going to get back out to the campus now as Todd and Caden have been discussing, well, they've been discussing quite a bit. They've talked about romanticism, philosophy, tattoos, memento mori. It's remembering death. That's a tattoo Caden has. We're going to send it back out to the campus now to continue their conversation. It's a Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. So if God is just, he doesn't just let boys be boys. He doesn't just overlook crimes. He makes sure justice is upheld. What would God do with you? Would he take you to heaven or send you to hell? I'd probably go straight to hell. In any way, does that concern you, even though you're smiling? Uh, not at all. Uh, I just don't think that, you know, there is a heaven and hell. I, like, I mean, if there is, then, you know, I've already committed said sin. Then, I mean, committing the other ones isn't going to hurt me more than committing one unless you know depends on what branch of religion you believe in you can always depends you can confess or you know well additional crimes bring on a longer sentence right, right? right. more punishment right. right we used to call it the penal system where yeah. you were punished for your sins that's back when we used to believe in justice like that because that's the way god believes in justice sin must be punished so every lie that has been told he is going to deal with it. Every right. pornographic viewing, he's going to deal with it. And he is going to make sure that everybody pays for their crimes. Okay? So, counter question. Why, like, I'm assuming you're Christian based off of the way? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so why does one Christian try to, like, try to influence someone else's views? Uh, not not saying this because you know, but like, without getting super into politics, abortion, right? Uh, you know, why does one Christian try to influence another person's views when it has nothing to do with them going to heaven or hell? I mean, you can believe, you know, if it's it's killing someone or whatnot, but it doesn't affect your belief in heaven and hell. True, but that's the issue. It's it it is a person. It's a life, right. and it's being taken. So we care about little innocent babies. We don't want them to die. So we plead with the culture, please don't do that. There's a better way. Uh, you think it's a life there, in the mother's womb? Uh, not, no. Well, it grows, right? right? And only living things grow, right? But it's, that's a living thing, right? Humor off? Right. Yes. Or a mole. Right. Yeah, because it's just a part of your flesh. An abortion is the taking of an innocent human life. You know it's a human life. Well, I've never seen a woman deliver a cat. Right, but what about the delivering of stillborns? Still a baby, right? Not if it's dead already. That's that's true. We call that a tragedy. But it's still a baby. Still a human, ten fingers, ten toes. I mean, sure. I mean, it depends. At a certain point, I think you can't. I'm not saying you can have an abortion up until, like, you know, you're ready ready to have the kid. But, like, I don't think, you know, before the, 
the parent even knows that they're pregnant, they should not, they should be forced by law to not have an abortion. Well, if it's a baby, if it's a real human, regardless of the size of it, it's still a human, right? Not yet. When does it become a human? I think, I think at the point where it can live on its own. At the point where, where it, it can live outside of the mother's womb, then... If it can't, then it's okay to take the life. Not a life. Because it can't live on its own. Okay, but then what do we do with people who are like hooked up to kidney dialysis machines and can't survive, if you will, outside of the womb? We don't, we don't kill those people. people. on life support? Sure. We don't just... At some point, you do. <laughs> well, that, that gets a little bit technical, right. but let's just deal with the people who need medical care in order to live. They need a pacemaker. Um, okay, okay. I agree. Like, I'm saying, like, at the point where, like, if medicine can't help that kid outside of the mother's womb live, like, I don't think that it, it needs to be, like... A burden on the mother. I mean. Okay, so let's try the burden on the mother thing, all right? I have a two-year-old. Real burden. Yeah. Are you saying I can no, kill my child? I'm not saying the kid itself is a burden. I'm saying, oh, I'm saying it. That kid's a burden. So I can kill my toddler. No. What's the difference? Uh, it is a human at that point. So you're saying it's only human when it can breathe air, heartbeat, brain waves. What is it? Uh, again, like I said, when it can be like, like if it's premature baby, and it, if it needs medical help to live on its own, it can. It, then that's fine. But like before that, before that point, what is it like? Thirty-six weeks. For what? what Gestation. For the, the previous. Uh, abortion ban. Oh, it depends. Yeah, it like depends the, on the, the state. Supreme Court. I mean, yeah. well, they, 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 I don't know that it was about the weeks. It was, it was, okay. So what makes that week the magic week? Because I'm pretty sure that's the point when the baby can still be born and with medical help can still like live. So before that, it's not, it's still attached to you. You could, you could consider it like your finger, you can cut off your finger. It's still it's attached to you. It's a part of your body. It's a part, but that's that's not what abortion is. It's not the removal of a finger. It's the terminating of a growing thing, which is a life. Okay, you, a tumor is a life. It's growing. Can you, you okay? If I said you couldn't remove a tumor, it's not a human being. Like you could argue that neither would a uh, six-week-old. So you're saying that a six-week-old fetus is the same as a mole. It could be. Or a tumor. Yes. <laughs> I think if that is how the parent views it, then yeah. Yeah. So the, the difference would be we see it as a life. And if the life is being taken and it can't even speak for itself, I mean, the mother's womb should be the safest place in the whole world. We like to try to save lives and rescue people from slaughter. That's all. So that you're right, though. That has, that has nothing to do per se. Right with the Christian faith. Right. All right. So here's what we've concluded. You're going to die, get judged by God, and go to hell. Uh, if God is real, yes. So just for fun, what do you know about the Christian religion that deals 
with that problem. Uh, hell? Heaven and hell? Well, if you're on a highway to hell, is does Christianity offer a solution to get you on a better path? Doesn't it deter- like depend on what view of Christianity you have? Um, yeah, fair, fair enough. But what is the then? Let's just do it this way. Does the Bible offer a plan? I am not sure. I'm, I bet you are. I mean, at least you you know it. But I'll bet you do. I mean, I would say, I think what is it? Catholicism that you can uh, what's it called? Confess like have confession. I don't know much more than that. Yeah, that's that's they do confession. They actually have many different rites and ceremonies that you must perform in order to hopefully attain heaven. Yeah. Or you might go to purgatory where you burn it off for a while. That that's right. Roman Catholicism. Right. I'm not that. All right. Okay, so here I bet let's see if we can get you yeah. there. Yeah. All right. You die, you stand before God, you should go to hell. But God is not just just, he's also loving and merciful, and kind, and good. So what did God do to rescue sinners from hearing a guilty verdict and being sentenced to hell? Are we talking like Jesus was killed for their sins? Yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah, yeah I figured you knew uh, it. Uh, yeah. Okay. I thought you were talking more current than past. No. According to the Bible, right. that was the plan. Right. We all break God's laws. Jesus came as God in flesh didn't break the laws, kept all the laws, suffered, was crucified because there was an exchange going on. God was pouring out his wrath that you and I deserve on his son so that you and I can be forgiven. That's the Christian faith at its core, that we can be saved by God's merciful grace because he's loving, good, and kind. And no greater love has anyone than he who lays down his life. And Jesus didn't lay it down for a friend. He laid it down for enemies. That's called the Christian gospel. So here's, here's my challenge for you. And you know what? I think you've been gracious because I think I exceeded the 20 minutes that you told me. I'll, just, I'll get yelled at by my professor. It's fine. Okay. Someday, if you ever get to the point where you feel like, you know, my conscience is troubling me. I have a sense that I have not been living the way that I should, and that I feel like if God does give me what I deserve, it's going to be really bad. And I would just encourage you to remember this conversation and say you can look to one who will rescue you from that situation, Jesus Christ. That's, that's, that's my challenge as we part company today. Will you at least remember what we discussed today? I, I, I enjoyed our conversation. <sighs> that is a wrap. Yep, looking forward to more witnessing from the campus, some campus somewhere next Wednesday. Don't know exactly where that'll be just yet, but it's going to be somewhere. So come on back next Wednesday for more witnessing. Come back tomorrow for more Wrenched Radio. Same time, same place. And until then, go serve your king.